This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Hey, welcome to the War Room. It's great to have you here, Michelle, and uh, glad you took the time to come and spend a little bit of time with us today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Honored to be here. Truly. This is going to be great. Um, It's tradition around here to ask this question, and that is, uh, do you come from a family of entrepreneurs, Michelle? I do not. No. First generation entrepreneur. There we go. Okay. What, uh, what, what did your family, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what did they work in and, and how did that influence the way you saw the world growing up? Uh, my dad was career military. He was a retired, he retired as a chief in the U S air force. And, uh, my mom has been in accounting for a good majority of her career. She's now moved into consulting. She works for a software company and does consulting, but um, always just your typical nine to five, um, get up. Like I said, my dad was career military. So that's a totally different world than your standard job. But that's, that's what we knew. Get up, go to work, come home, go to bed, get up, go to work, come home, do it all over again. When did you get the bug? You were like, I, I got to do something different. I, don't, I feel like I've had the bug for a long time. I'm very, very curious in always learning how, like, I've always felt like there's a million ways to make money in this world. And I'm on a mission to find all of them. You know, it's like, there's always, there's so much opportunity. I think probably my first experience was um, in the MLM space, like a long, long time ago, but then just always looking to see like, what can I do on the side? What is there? You know, there's always something to make a little extra money. Oh, wow. MLM. <laughs> it takes me yeah. back. No, yeah, that's usually a lot of people's first experience. And just that saying, was like, I'll try. <laughs> usually people's uh, first disaster too. <laughs> exactly. It, it, it's, it either makes or breaks you, right? You decide like, I'm, I'm never going to do this again, or there's got to be a better way. Yeah, no, it, it can be tough. Here, reach out to everyone you know and love. <laughs> um, so then, so then, at what point? At what point did you really? Because uh, if I understand correctly, uh, you do a lot of consulting and, and things of that nature. Yes, I do. Yeah, a lot of um, online business consulting. Yeah, yeah. service-based online consultants. How did you find your way there? Do you remember when you first like started that journey? The first steps you took there. Did you leave something that you were like never again, and then found this, or how was that? What was that like? It was definitely a journey. We are originally from upstate New York and we decided to move to Florida out of the sheer blue sky, (laughs) chasing the blue sky, truly, in all honesty. Um, We, long story short, we had a good friend pass away very, very young. And it was a huge eye opener for us that really just made us like think this is not what life is. You know, we had a lot of big plans and we decided we weren't going to wait until retirement to do that. And so we moved from New York to Florida and the job market 
from New York to Florida and what went from a very, very impressive resume went to literally glorified data entry down here. I mean, it, my resume meant nothing to the, to the industry here in Florida. And that was really, truly what fueled my entrepreneurial journey was just, I had worked, I felt really good about the skills I had, the knowledge I had put into myself, the continued education. And I wasn't willing to let all of that go just because the market here didn't need it or sustain it. And so that's when I kind of started pursuing doing things on my own, truly. That's an awesome story because you didn't take no for an answer and took charge of your own destiny, which that's the story of an entrepreneur right there. I love that we went there. And before I go any further, I want to make sure, Jason, did you have anything you wanted to like point out or that came across as an insight or something along that line? Yeah, it's, this is the beautiful thing about, you know, business ownership, entrepreneurship is most things are born out of having to drink from the freaking fire hose, right? <laughs> and because for every action that you do, you think, oh, well, it should be the same somewhere else, right? And then you get there and it's like, oh, shit, <laughs> that's, not, that's not the same. But, but then so it forces you to then have to make hard decisions, right? And, you know, it's like I say, the why people ask, well, why isn't everybody a business owner? Because it's not possible, right? Not everybody's geared and wired for it, right? Right. I think everybody's geared and wired to be an entrepreneur, right? Um, but an entrepreneur and a business owner are two very, very different things, right? When it comes to um, solopreneur versus like, CEO that's running a 20, 30, $40 million company, right? They're two different things. And the beauty that COVID spurred was it tapped into people's entrepreneurial spirit, right? Mm -hmm. It's in what's within all of us, right? It's every single human on this earth has that capability. It's whether or not you're willing to take the risk to find out. And that's what separates employees from entrepreneurs. So, you know, good on you for making the leap. And, uh, well, I always say this, and that is if you're not willing to take risks, you're not an entrepreneur or a business owner. And I always say, don't look just freaking leap, right? Just leap. But calculate your fall. <laughs> yeah, that's a good yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. so so you have this great loss and uh you have a strong moment of reflection and move your life out to a whole new place only to find that whatever you thought was worth its weight in gold there is being rejected by people because of the way the local economy works and you said okay, well that's just because you can't see how this directly applies. And so you took it upon yourself to dig into the local economy and, and go on to online business, which makes your local economy almost well, actually a global economy and, mm-hmm. and access everywhere. So what was it like getting your first client after having faced that reality? Do you remember that day? Yeah, it's, 
you know, it's crazy because I, when I first decided I was going to dive into entrepreneurship and do this on my own, I did stick with my local economy here in the, you know, the West coast of Florida. And it was very good old boys, you know, like if it's not broke, don't fix it. That's why we've done it for, you know, we've done it this way for years. And I spent months and months and months trying to network and, and build relationships with these people only for them to tell me that, you know, okay, well maybe we'll pay you 25 bucks an hour to come in here. And I was like, Oh, okay. Is this, <laughs> is this what this is all about? You know what I mean? And uh, you know, you just kind of go through this. And then I will say I did I very quickly hired a coach for myself and said, all right, something's got to give. I'm done working the local area. I know that there's more out there. I know I want to tap into this. I know that I can do, my skills are so much better used in other areas. Like what does that look like? And I did actually, I will say one of my very first like higher paying clients was a local client here. And she said, raise her up, raise her up, you know, and I did, and it was scary, but it was, it set the precedence from there on to say like, no, I'm not going to do this. You know, I'm not just going to give away my knowledge, my experience, my expertise for free, just because that's what you do here in Florida or whatever. It's very much of like, oh, can we go meet for coffee? Let me pick your brain style. And I knew very, very quickly I had to get out of that because that that's a road that leads nowhere really. Yeah. Uh, I love that because Anyone who's ever decided to take that leap knows exactly what happens when you first do it. And it doesn't make any sense. It's nothing is working out, but it's having that ability to say, well, I'm going to figure out how to make it work. That's where the change began. And now if I remember reading right, when I was looking over your website, you're like doing corporate consulting and, and so many other things. Yeah. Yeah, I don't do a ton of corporate consulting. I do definitely work mostly with um, service-based solopreneurs in the stage of growth or scaling. So they might have a few team members um, moving in more to that corporate space of bringing on their first couple employees, or they have a couple of employees and they're at that level of now, now what, you know, what do we do now? (laughs) How do we scale beyond this point? Um, But yeah, I mean, it started out very, very small and it's just a natural evolution to me. Business is a constant state of evolution and you've got to constantly be reflecting on what works and what doesn't work. And in entrepreneurship or and like to your point, Jason, there's a big difference between entrepreneurs and business owners and business owners take the time to actually look at like, is this making me money? Is this how I wanted to, you know, am I satisfied with this schedule? Like, is this really what I wanted out of this? You know, what is the next step here? Versus just being good at a skill and just charging for it. There's a total, there's a huge difference between the two. And I really try to help people make that shift. I think there's a shift sometimes that happens of like, okay, you have a skill, you're good at what you do, you're not, but now it's time to be a business owner, right? Like there's a difference. Yeah. No, this is, this is exactly the kind of conversation. I think a lot of people listening uh, are on the other side of that. But it's a great reminder to to step back and take a look at your SOPs and everything that's going on and say, like, are we getting what we want from this? Are we maximizing? Are we satisfied? And can we push it further? Because sometimes you can get caught up in like the day-to-day of your business. That when was the last time you took a look at everything to see if you could actually get more from it without having to add more to it, you know? Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I, lo- I love that you do that kind of work because half the time people don't see that some of what they're already doing just needs to be tweaked 
to unlock so much more. Um, yeah, increasing profitability. And, you know, I think just because you're profitable doesn't mean you can't be more profitable. So looking at a company from that perspective, a lot of times they just get stuck in, well, we're making money. Yeah, but you could be making so much more money, you know, and looking at that next step and corporate or in general, just business ownership is where, where is their opportunity to make more money or increase profitability just by changing something up slightly, maybe doing something in a more efficient way in that, in that respect too. And this is part of that, what what Florida said was glorified data entry. Like what what was your experience just prior to doing this? Cause it, cause not just anybody can jump in and be like, here, I can help you explode your profits. Or was it something you learned from your coach? Where, Where does this all come from? Well, my background is in operations and accounting. So that's what I went to, you know, that was my main background is in, you know, lean manufacturing, lean operations and accounting. So understanding and looking at numbers and also looking at processes and efficiency. So, but in Florida, when I say glorified data entry, their their version of accounting is literally glorified data entry. <laughs> it's a spreadsheet. I mean, even uh, the company that like my husband works for, they don't even track their inventory. They have zero system. You, I mean, if they need something, they have to physically go out and count it. Like it's literally glorified data entry is what I call it, but they call it accounting or something of that sort. It's craziness here. It's like it's like the wild wild west and. Um, so being, but not everybody is open to that again, like it's, it's working for them. So great. Keep doing it, but it doesn't, there's so much money they're losing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So I have a better yeah, picture of that. So what, that means. What, what are your goals now? Like now that you've achieved what you have, you're here, you're, you're consulting on a regular basis, helping people become more profitable. Great. So you, you, you set out to achieve something and you're, you're here, you've arrived, but what now, like, what should the listener know about what you're doing right now? Yeah. My next goal truly is to be more of like a one-stop shop for people, business owners. What I'm seeing, I am a huge networker. I believe very, very strongly in the power of collaboration and strategic partnerships. And one of the things that I see really a lot of business owners struggling with, especially post-COVID since losing employees or just with the labor difference, labor shortages and whatnot, is they're they're tapped out mentally, right? They're at this capacity where they have one problem and they only want to deal with one person, but they know they need other people. So my goal moving forward is to be that one-stop shop to say, okay, come to me with all your problems and you're I'm going to make sure we've got the team to support you as well. And you don't have to go out and source those people. You don't have to go out and find those, the people that we need to actually make the strategy happen. So being able to put the strategy in play for growth, to increase profitability, to really scale, but also know, come in with the team, knowing that I've got those partners, I've got those people that can help get you there versus just, you know, I think people are beyond the point of just needing a consultant or needing a coach, right? They're not there. They need somebody that can dive in, that can jump in with both feet, that can look at, you know, the different processes, that can talk to their team members, that can do and be more than just an advisor per se. And that's my next step is to really put those people in play, get that, get the goal, all of them in in order and be able to come in and say, no, I've got you. I've got you from some start to finish. Wow. So there's, you know, regular consulting, which is like, do it yourself, right? Here's your con- the consult, uh, do it with you, right? Which is what you're saying, but even one step further and even we could possibly even do it for you. You know, that, that's mm-hmm. that's across the board value drop. Love that. That's exciting business. Uh, that's good to know. 
And where where would people be able to get a hold of you, preferably? Uh, LinkedIn, for sure, is where I definitely LinkedIn or email. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, and then before I start asking the last finale questions, I, I want to make sure I, I turn things over uh, because those tend to be like longer answers and, and, and deeper things. Uh, I want to make sure I pass it over to Jason uh, before I go in there. Yeah. Here, here's the cool thing about what your, your next level is. <clears throat> We're shifting this model nowadays to more of a community-based model right? So Mm -hmm. um, I've been building that community-based model for five years. And, you know, I am a huge believer in strategic partners um, and being able to go into uh, a company that we are working with and saying, here's the strategy. I know you can't execute it. So you're going to hire this person, this person, this person, and this person to come in and help you through that. Mm -hmm. Because if there's anything I've learned in the last five years of helping companies grow um, is they will not do it on their own. Mm -mm. That's what I'm seeing. Right. Very much. They, They won't. Well, some of them do, but I mean, the majority of them, they just don't know how to execute on it. Or they're paralyzed by, oh my God, I got all this tactical horse shit I'm doing every single day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And how do I get rid of that? Well, put somebody to delegate that shit down. Right. And, uh, but that's really scary, especially in the entrepreneurial space. Cause it's Mm -hmm. like, I got here. I don't want to let go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that release of control. I, I definitely agree with you. It's the execution piece. I think that's you know the hardest part, and I see I'm seeing that with my clients. The best laid strategies only get them so far. If they can't execute it, they don't have the right people in place to execute it. It's they're not going to see the growth that they're looking for. And so, like to your point and what you do, I love that is just being able to bring in those strategic partners and. I talked to somebody else and she said, Michelle, it's not even necessarily that they don't know how to, they don't have the mental capacity, right? Like you're saying, like it's the tactile, they're just caught up in everyday activities that they don't even have the capacity to think about one more thing. So there's a trust factor that says, I trust you, just bring me who I need. Just tell me what I need to do. You know, that's what they're, they really need. Yeah. No lie can trust. No, like there control. it is. There it is. That's uh, that's a regular occurrence, and it's I, true. Tying that back to an uh, tying that back to an episode yesterday. No, like trust. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> like and trust. It's just it's just the thing it. that keeps popping up, uh, and it's funny because every day, according to what we talked about, yeah, people violate it every day, and they forget that those are the fundamentals, the principles, and so it's it's really exciting to know that that's the next phase that you're uh, going for. And the fact that you're on the show, I mean, that, that that's just one more symbol of the fact that it's going where you want it to go. I've, someone told me once, uh, whenever you're chasing something, uh, don't look at the magnitude of the things that are coming your way to determine whether or not you're going in the right direction. Just look to the fact that it's going in that direction at all. And you'll know you're on the right path. So I think this is symbolic of that uh, by you being here. And with that said, there are two things I want to make sure we get it out, uh, given your experience and just overall your story speaks to it. If you could have gone back 
to speak to yourself during that dark time where you were all reflecting and wondering like, okay, well, we're not going to wait until we're older to live our lives this way. Right. What else would you have said to yourself prior to moving to Florida? Oh, prior to moving to Florida. Yeah. That person. (laughs) It's not the same. you. (laughs) No, it's not. I was like, Whoa, back to, okay, let's go that far back. Um, I do. I think it's a very, to me, it's asking yourself, is this, is this all I want out of life? Right? Like, is this what I'm destined to? Is this what I'm happy doing? Um, I think back to that, that friend of ours that passed away. And when we were really reflecting on that, the question I, I always asked myself was like, he loved every aspect of his life. There was not one aspect of it. He didn't love. And I asked myself that question, do you love every aspect of your life? You know? And I couldn't say yes to all of those questions. And that was what really stemmed the move was like, no, we don't love where we live. We don't love our careers. We're not happy in this, you know, that type of thing. And I think if you can ask yourself that question, like, are you loving every aspect of your life right now? That's a really, really important question because it opens up a lot of, you know, and it's not to say that it's not a stage in life and that you can't get through it, but it's okay to admit like, no, I'm not, I want to make a change and go and like, you know, Jason said, take the leap, just measure your fall. Yes. Powerful. Yeah. And with that, the grand finale, I'm actually genuinely curious. Uh, if you could have invited anybody today to join us, if you had your way, you're like, I want this person to be a part of the room. Who would that be and why? That would have been my friend, Marty, that one that passed away. Truly. He, you know, he influences my life every single day in so many ways. And what I wouldn't give to just be able to have that conversation with him, to talk to him and ask him, like, how did you get there so quickly? Like he was so young. He was 29 when he passed away. And like at 29 years old, how did you get to a a place in life where you loved every aspect of it? And like, how, how did you just know that? Like, I don't feel like other people really know that and just have that trajectory for life. And I would, I just would love to love to have picked his brain a little bit further. I wish I did when, you know, I had the chance and I, I don't now, but, um, I know that he's continuing, you know, he continues to answer those questions, you know, cause I can just look back on things that he did and it's, it's been 10 years now, but I, I would have loved to bring him into this conversation. Cause I think that even though he was a career oriented individual, I think there was a lot that he really could have influenced i think he could have influenced a lot of people in a lot of different ways love it thank you by the way for sharing that and what a great reminder that we have no idea the level of impact we have on people outside of our ambitions of whatever we might be doing just us being who we are and the effect that we have on the people around us we have no idea no No, idea we really don't And that's such a great reminder because uh, especially with entrepreneurs, we run the risk of assuming that we are what we do, you know, Uh, and the more, the more modern and hip your city, the more you fall into under that inundation. Right. And it it takes, takes work to be able to work yourself out of that. And some people have the wherewithal to never fall victim to that. And that's not everybody. And there's different levels and different types of entrepreneurs, but that risk is always there. So this is a great, great takeaway from uh, from our conversation. And 
it's just really exciting to see what you're going to be doing because you're in the spirit of entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs, if that makes any sense. And there's no higher cause than that. I mean, you yourself have been, as you shared, when you got a coach, like that was probably one of the most incredible choices to make so early on. It takes people years before they do something like that. Right. But you knew almost right away. And here you are a beneficiary of that experience, paying it forward and taking it steps further. So really exciting stuff. Uh, let's reiterate again. What was your web? So what's your website exactly? The address? Uh, MichelleDenioConsulting.com. Cool. And it has all the links, right? All the links. It does. Yes. Yeah. All right. And that that's, those are my closing thoughts, Jason. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously uh, you're an amazing, amazing human being. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Um, keep changing people's lives. Cause that's at the end of the day, that that's what really matters, right? Is we're changing people's lives and we're leaving a footprint. And to me, I'm not trying to leave a legacy. I'm trying to leave a massive footprint. And for me, that's, what's most important. Um, and then I always say, Hey, we, we, uh, we got 168 hours in the week. Thank you for taking 45 minutes, um, to spend with us during your crazy day. Um, and, and join in a little bit of crazy on our end. So I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate right. it. It's my pleasure. Truly. Awesome. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> Thank you. And cheers. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.